Uh, dear God, thank you for tonight and for everybody who's here and for everybody who's not here. And I pray that we have a great discussion and that Ezra teaches us something that we can leave with wiser and um, closer to you with. And that you keep us safe and healthy and that uh, the weather would stop being funky. And that we all sleep well tonight and we're healthy and strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, who knows what the next holiday is that's coming up? Um, do you know what? Do you know why uh, Easter is a big deal? Jesus' birthday, uh, Leo. It's a mathematical anomaly. Mathematical anomaly. Well, just to let you know, um, we commemorate the birth of Jesus on Christmas, but Christmas and Easter are both like some of the statistically most popular. Um, holidays to attend church so I can see the correlation on some level it definitely has, is a Jesus thing um, but Easter is a big deal to Christians uh, because resurrection means uh, basically Easter is about Jesus coming back to life after dying and being dead over the course of three days um, the word Easter is actually like doesn't have anything to do with um, uh, Christ or anything but uh, that's why some people will say happy resurrection day um, uh, because it's really about the uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ um, so Jesus came back to life after innocently innocently suffering and remaining dead for three days. This miracle is important because death is not the end for us if we follow him. Here's a Bible verse that I found in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 says, We believe that Jesus died and rose again, so that, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Fallen asleep in him means they died. Um, so Jesus' sacrifice... On the cross, that's him dying on the cross. You might have seen it emblazoned on people's golden pendants or wall hangings. Um, his sacrifice on the cross pays for our past, present, and future sins. You might not know that about the whole future sin thing. Um, which previously had separated us from God. Historically, people would sacrifice animals, I'm so glad that we don't have to do that right now. Um, although I do like barbecue, I don't think I'd be into the whole butchering my own meat thing. Um, anyways, here's another Bible verse in Hebrews 10:14. It says, "Because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy." So Jesus was the final sacrifice because he was perfect. All the animal sacrifices were just basically kind of you getting like a a pause or a delay is kind of like a, a I'll give you a pass for just you know this this year or this season um, but Jesus was once and for all so we don't have to like regularly be like shedding blood in the church church looks very different these days um, than it did back in the Old Testament um, I don't think we'd have carpets you know because of how messy it could be um, so to become a Christian, 
that's a follower of Christ. That's you know what we call uh, people who follow Christ today. To become a Christian, you understand that you are a sinner. That's something that if you're a Christian, you you get that. Like, yeah, I'm a sinner. Um, you're unable to save yourself from that state of being a sinner, and you confess audibly or in prayer that you believe Jesus came as God in flesh to the earth, died on a cross, and rose again to defeat death and pay for our sins. Accept that that forgiveness for yourself, choose to extend that forgiveness to others, and willingly give up your own will to God. This is not an easy decision. Um, If you really think about it, like, this is is a big deal, like, just saying, like, oh, I'm going to let God call the shots on my life in the future. Um, it can be scary if you don't trust God, but that's once you trust God, it's actually a lot easier to do. Have you ever had to make a decision to trust somebody when you didn't know what uh, you were trusting them with exactly? Yeah. Like, um, if someone says, like, hey, don't do this, like, I don't have a time, time to explain now, but just do this, but then, like, later you, th- you thought, like, oh, I'm glad that they told me to do that because I didn't know what was going to happen um, but it worked out that's what happens when you trust somebody and they're trustworthy um, has anybody ever trusted somebody and then re- realized after the fact that I probably shouldn't have trusted them yeah you're like oh yeah I'm going to do, do this and then they're like haha I made you look and you're like oh, I feel dumb now um, <laughs> yeah yeah, well, there's there's different stages in your life of maturity where you can kind of, like, change that around. Here's another, another Bible verse that's relevant. In Acts 2.38, it says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, anybody know what repent means? Yes. Yes. What is it? He's like, I just know. Trust me. So if you were driving a car, repenting would be doing a U-turn because now you're going the opposite direction. If you're ever following directions and it says do a U-turn, that's pretty much the quickest way to go the right direction. I have a story about that. Can you tell a story? Sure. One time we were driving in Washington and we got lost and we were meeting my great aunt out in like an area that... Anyway, I'm directionally challenged, but that's besides the point. And um, we were driving, and I was like, this isn't right. I feel like we're in the wrong place. What, where do we go? What do I do? This is before um, Siri and GPS. And Ezra was like, repent. And I was like, can I do something to offend you? And I was like, I'm still kind of lost. And we're like going down like farther and farther away from what anything looks familiar. And now we're in like this wooded area, which in Washington is not being in the wooded area. It's a little less scary. The odds of finding a wooded area are very high in Washington. So anyway, he's, he just keeps saying, repent. And I'm like, Ezra, I don't know what I did to offend you or if I did something wrong. Like, is there something I've done wrong? I don't know. Nonetheless, like, we're lost and this isn't helping. Like, telling me all of my things that I've done wrong and all the ways that I, I'm a sinner isn't going to help us in this situation. He's like, Karen, repent. And then my light bulb went off and I was like, Oh, I need to turn around and go the opposite direction because that's what repent means. Because mm. it's Ezra. Have you met Ezra? Yeah, he doesn't say wrong stuff. Actually, that applies to every 
So, so, yeah, this uh, verse is basically saying, repent and be baptized. So you turn away from your sinful ways because now you're letting Jesus take the wheel. Um, and, and he says, and be baptized, which actually is an outward sign of something that happens inside of you, which is basically saying, I am now being reborn. This is, I'm, I was born once, you know, in the traditional sense that you all probably know about. Um, and then the idea of being reborn is when you say, okay, I am, I was dead in sin, but now I've come to life in Christ. Um, so basically saying, I have a new life now. This is, it's different. It's not just like, oh, I got a, I got a little, a little extra, you know, plug in added an added, uh, benefit. Um, but it's like, I'm a new person now. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's God's Spirit indwelling in you. So that that's kind of what gives you the power to do it. It's not just willpower and grit that makes us um, be righteous or please God. It's uh, more of an allowing God to do his thing. Has anybody surfed before? Yeah? Um, was it fun? It was hard? Annoying. Annoying. Yeah, if if you if you try to surf, um, people that are good at surfing, it's not because they're really strong swimmers, that they just like are like, I just willed myself into, into this awesome wave. It's it's like you have to like know where to be, and let the waves power move you. You kind of have to get into the right position, um, but it's not something you can just kind of willpower necessarily in the same way. Um, but it's it's a really powerful thing. And once you're like in the right spot, then you kind of just flow and it's fun. Um, it's very hard until you get to that point. But once you do, it's just like, I am literally standing, floating on, on this board and with the power of lunar, you know, however tidal waves and tidal uh, things go. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. But yeah, like with the Holy Spirit, you're letting the spirit move you, you're not trying to move the spirit. That Things are backwards if you're doing that. Um, you're doing it wrong, if that's the case. So the result of this decision to repent and be baptized and follow God is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. That's God's spirit in you. Following his plan for your life. No longer living primarily for your own will, just kind of doing whatever you want to do. Um, but for his plan, while also knowing that if you knew what God knew, you would want what he wants as well. You make this decision public through baptism um, or just saying stuff out loud. Um, there was a guy that died on the cross next to Jesus. He actually was guilty. He wasn't one of those innocent on the cross things. We might associate the cross with Jesus more than that, but at the time, this was like the electric chair or, or something that was a corporal punishment. Um, he didn't have the opportunity to be baptized because he was kind of occupied. Um, but nonetheless, Jesus said, today you will, you will be with me in paradise because he confessed with his mouth that Jesus is Lord. Um, and so he was saved. But if you have the ability to, you know, if you've made that decision and you want to make that public, then um, I recommend baptism. Okay, so, so you make this decision public through baptism and connect 
with other Christians to pray, worship, and gather regularly, and share a fraction of your resources to meet the needs of others and also to support the movement of the church. So this is just kind of all like stuff that sort of follows from that, not like that this is how you become a Christian. Um, So spiritually healthy Christians don't live paralyzed by the fear of death or accidental separation from God. You're not like, oh no, I just, I do the wrong thing and now I'm going to hell. That's not how it works. Um, And you shouldn't take, at the same time, you shouldn't take forgiveness, Jesus' forgiveness for your past, present, and future sins. You shouldn't take it for granted and say, oh, now I have a license to do, you know, whatever I want to do. Because that would be you taking your will on again. Um, So you want to aim to live in gratitude and pursuing God's will with hope and joy. Confessing our sins and forgiving others as God forgave us. That's kind of one of the more challenging parts of it. Um, It's probably the easiest thing for me to accept Jesus forgiving me for my sins. And be like, all right, cool, I'm off the hook. That's awesome. That's probably like the most exciting and like slam dunk part of it. But then when when God asks me to forgive other people that have wronged me, um, that's a lot harder to do. But do you understand why he would want you to do that? Because he's modeling the behavior that he wants us to do. Not that he's calling us all to be hung on a cross and die in a sort of morbid suffering sort of way. Um, but to love sacrificially means you're putting your own, your own, you're putting the benefit of others above yourself. And the and the more of us do that sort of thinking, the better like life is for everybody. Um kind of a recipe for heaven to be more for it to be more like heaven here on earth like you don't have to wait till you die and God to recreate the earth and everything for us to experience a little bit of glimpse of heaven if we can all just be um, more like God in the way that we act the way that we think the way that we love each other um, then life is enjoyable here on earth I, I get a glimpse of that like every time I go to youth camp and I just see everybody just getting into scripture and worshiping together kind of day by day, it kind of like magnifies, you know, each day. And then I think, man, I wish life was more like this regular, regularly. So um, another thing that's good to do is to establish our own boundaries and habits that help us to pursue righteousness and purity and self-control and sharing our personal story of how we met God and what God's doing in our life with others. The last passage I want to share with you guys is Galatians 5, 22 through 25. This talks about the Holy Spirit, what it does in the life of someone who's following God. It gives us something that is called the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So this is not something that we see a lot of, just kind of when you look around the world. It's something that is 
is not something you kind of necessarily stumble into. It's something that the Spirit gives us the power to be more like God in this way. Once again, that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah, we don't make laws against those things because these are things that everybody appreciates in others, although it's not always easy to naturally come to. Um, Some of our kind of opposing characteristics are a lot easier to sort of infect each other with if we're rude or we're bitter toward each other or we're slanderous or we lie. These are the kind of things that if someone lies to us, it makes us have more of a temptation to, to do something like that back to them. If someone's rude to us, it makes us feel more like we want to insult them. If someone hits us, it makes us think, I want to hit them back. Um, and so gentleness and self-control are very valuable for this. So that's kind of a summary of just like why Easter is a big deal. Um, because it's, it's the way that we find out how we can be reconciled with God. We can be made right with God. And that this is not something that we just have to, you know, just use raw willpower for. Because in our own power, we can't do it. And I don't think God expects, it, expects us to just, you know, muscle through it through raw willpower. He wants us to be fueled by his power and love. Chris? So, yeah, so what is that? Why is it like about, okay, why is Easter like, like mascot Easter of Yeah, so Easter historically was um, a, a pagan holiday where uh, people worshipped fertility. And so uh, bunnies and eggs and all those kind of things were were uh, icons of fertility and like having lots of you know babies and stuff. And sort of like in spring, you you know, like when new animals are born and things like that. And so the pagan pagan holidays a lot of times are are celebrating some aspect of nature. You know, God made animals, He made nature, and He says it's good. And He even told humanity in the beginning, "Be fruitful and multiply." But a lot of um, pagan rituals are, are actually worshiping nature instead of the creator. And so that's kind of like one of the, the ways that um, things that are against God are not always directly opposed to him. They're more just like, hey, let's just veer a little bit to the side here, and then we'll worship this the created rather than the creator. So um, historically in the church, a lot, a, lot of the, a lot of these pagan holidays were sort of replaced, you know, through very very uh, direct sort of marketing campaigns from the Catholic Church to say like, hey, let's let's take the place here with, with something better that, you know, draws our attention to God. And um, so now we kind of have this hybrid where some people are like, oh, I don't really believe in God, but I like the cute little eggs and, you know, everybody likes chocolate, right? And so you kind of have all these sorts of things that, um, where we have many paths. You know, some people have said, oh, we will not have a bunny or we will not do whatever, it's, it's against the Lord. And then other people say, like, you know, whatever, we're not worshiping this. <laughs> so, so there are ways that we can have individual convictions. When we're a Christian, we might say, like, ah, I don't know, I don't feel comfortable with this. Um, and other people are just like, it's all in fun, it's not a big deal. Um, same thing with Christmas and Santa Claus and all that stuff, you know. Some people say, Santa Claus takes the attention away from Jesus Christ. 
And others say, like, big deal. The original St. Nicholas was a Christian, and he was giving, you know, people so. The main thing is that if you follow Christ, you really want God to be at the top of uh, your influence. And so anything, no matter how benign it might see, seem, um, that distracts you from that, you know, you should kind of use uh, that self-control and that discernment to say, like, uh, for me, this isn't going to work. We get into trouble when we start saying, for you, this isn't going to work. When we start telling other people what their boundaries should be, that's usually when the church gets into trouble. Can I get a closing prayer? I forget. Yeah. Thank you, Cindy. you can come to uh, Hillside or Edgewater uh, this Sunday for Easter service. They usually do make a big deal out of it.